This is the City Place Church Podcast. Here at City Place, we build dreams, ignite faith, and establish leaders that win the lost for God's kingdom. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered by the message. Good morning, City Place Church. My name is Damon Moore, and on behalf of my wife, Taisha, we welcome you to City Place Church on line. Listen, today is a very special day. Today is Pastor Taisha's birthday. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for Pastor Ty? It is her birthday. I'm not going to say how many candles on the cake, but babe, on behalf of David and Noah, our kids, I love you with all of my heart, and I honor you today as we head into service. So come on, y'all. Can we celebrate her? Listen, she had to be the first part. I couldn't even welcome you this morning, but today's her birthday. And so for all of you who are hanging out with us today, today's going to be a really good, fun day. Listen, I want to make you aware of some things that's available to you online. You can download today's message notes at cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. You can also lean in today as we worship the Lord through our giving. We'll have a time during our service. We just believe that God has called our church to live, to give. So many things happening in the life of our church. I'm going to pray and we're just going to lean in and just have fun today in his presence. But on behalf of my wife, whose birthday it is, and all of City Place Church, welcome to City Place Church Online. All right, City Place Church, welcome to church today. Today we are continuing our series Breakthrough, and we're gonna be jumping into a topic that I am passionate about. You know, several weeks ago when we jumped into 21 Days of Prayer, Uh, The Lord really spoke to me and put on my heart that during our time of prayer, he wanted to break through in our lives as a church, in your life as an individual, in who we are, in our mental health, in our kingdom finances, your personal finances, and just your overall spiritual growth. And this morning, we're going to be leaning into a topic that's going to involve your personal finances, but it's not just a focus on finances. It's something that we really believe that God's going to break through in our life, our money, and in our hope. And so I want you to lean in. You can download today's message notes online, cityplacechurch.com. And uh, at the end, uh, you'll also find online uh, a worksheet for the week because we're going to get practical today around God's word. And I know that over the next few weeks, as we continue to expect God to show us and walk us out and, and for us to experience breakthrough, I know that our lives will be changed. You know, we came into 2021 declaring prophetically, which means that what God declared to us, we would utter and we would believe. We've, we've uttered that this is the year that God does it. It's his promise to us. And every step of 2021, we've been engaging in the presence of the Lord and have not been ashamed to do so. And so the last two weeks, we talked about just getting a rest break, getting in God's presence, being refreshed in God's presence. And I believe that God wants to allow us to experience breakthrough in our life, our money, and in our hope. And so have confident expectation. Get ready to take some notes. You're going to need a pen. Download today's message notes. I also want to let you know, shout out to our team because they've been putting uh, our message notes on our YouVersion Bible app. So you can go to the YouVersion Bible app, Go to the events tab and look up City Place Church and you'll be able to have digital notes this morning, which I know so many of you have responded that you 
prefer digital. And so we have that today. And so we're going to jump into God's word. Uh, make sure that you have your message notes and then uh, you'll be able to follow along it during the week as well. But, you know, God wants us to break through every situation because he's promised breakthrough. We define breakthrough as the sudden dramatic impact that brings about an important discovery of who God is. And as a pastor, I can teach about salvation. I can teach about miracles. I can teach about mental health. I can teach about uh, faith and I can teach about prayer. But part of discipleship and pastoring is to also teach about kingdom stewardship and our kingdom finances. And so it's a topic that I'm passionate about because uh, in my early 20s, when I was in college, I was one of those students that uh, I borrowed to pay my way through school. And by the time I was 27, God had done a transformation in my life to where I was no longer uh, in debt. And I promised the Lord, I said, Lord, if you bring me out, I will never be ashamed to tell what you've done. And I spent 10 years as an associate pastor in North Carolina. And one of the things that uh, they asked me to do was to begin to help steward the kingdom finances of our local church in North Carolina. And then it went from there to, they said, uh, Damon, will you run some classes and, and teach on personal finance? And so it's been a passion of my wife and I's uh, life. And so we're going to have a good time over these next few weeks now. Come on, can you all, we're going we're gonna to make the pledge. Come on, because I know, I know no, we're talking about what can be touchy. Come on, everybody raise your hand right where you are. Say, I commit to letting God speak to me about every area of my life, watch now, including my finances. Come on, I commit. All right, I just want to make sure. If you have your Bibles, go with me. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. I'm going to jump in and out of this scripture a little bit, but I want you to hear what it says. It says this. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. So we're going to pause right there. Here's what we're going to say. People who have a wrong perspective of money. They, they, they have a, 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 a wrong perspective of money looking through their own eyes, not God's eyes. So let's keep going. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. And it and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. So Paul is writing and he says, now listen, if you have a wrong perspective about money, temptation arises, traps arise, which remember we said when we, when we started our breakthrough series, we said be careful of the things that try to entrap us. God never designed for us to be trapped by anything when he's promised us freedom. And we said that breakthrough is a byproduct of freedom. Paul says, now listen, be careful that your mindset towards money doesn't cause you to be desiring things that, 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 that are only focused on the tangible and, 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 and wealth and finances and money. He says it's a temptation and a trap and many foolish and, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Watch this now. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. 
many have fallen into foolishness and he says, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Paul literally says, those that have made the wrong focus as it relates to finances, part of their majority focus, will find themselves tempted and trapped and wandering from the faith. He says that the love of money becomes the root of all evil. Literally, he says, if you're not careful, the subtleties of money and the things that surround it can pull you away from what God has designed for you and what God would say to you and how God would speak to you and where your faith really lies and it can entrap you. Paul literally says, be careful because if you find yourself there, you may be in need of a breakthrough. You may be in need of a breakthrough. So this morning we're talking about life, money, and hope. And my prayer is that this becomes a life-giving part of our breakthrough series. David said it like this in 2 Samuel chapter 5. He says, when God broke through my enemies, he broke through like water. And so the stresses of life, the feelings of and the weight of certain financial issues, my prayer is that over these next few weeks, God breaks through like water and we get a sudden and dramatic, impactful discovery of who God is as it relates to kingdom finances. Are you with me? Are you okay? You hanging in there? Look at what uh, Luke chapter 12 verse 34 says. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I shared earlier just what God has done in my life and how I was going to school and I was facing financial situations and I was, I was doing pretty good. I had a dream job, but there was still this feeling of a burden that I carried because of the debt that I had. And I remember praying, God, give me clarity on kingdom finances. I studied and I said, God, what is it that you would have me to learn? I've always been a tither. I've always been a giver, but yet I was comfortable in the weight of this aspect of money. And it wasn't until God broke through in my life where I said, oh, wow, God, financial freedom is what you've called me to so that I can have a greater kingdom impact. And so there's just some practical things that if, if I was to spend time with you or a personal financial planner was to spend time with you or maybe you sat in a class, there would be some important numbers that we would lean into. And so I want to look at just some practical things right now that if, if money, right, if, 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 if money was just focused on numbers only, just numbers, there would be five principles that you would hear discussed. And I want you to write these down. Five principles. The first one is earning. 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 I wrote this down. There's nothing to manage if you don't have anything coming in. Like, there's, there's nothing to manage. Like, there has to be money coming in in order for us to be able to utilize what's in front of us. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says this. 
For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall they eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in disorderly manner, not working at all, but busybodies. Earnings are, are important. We have, to, we have to be mobile. We have to ask God to open a door so that earnings can come in. So that would be one practical aspect to, to finances is that there has to be earnings. The second thing is, is that an economist or financial planner would sit down with you and they would say, okay, we look at our earnings, but we also look at our spending. So we have what's coming in, earning, and then there's what's going out. That's our spending. Let me give you a, a little known fact. A little over 55% of all Americans say they do not use a budget. 56% said they don't even know how, money, how much money they spent last month. So more than half of all of us say that we don't budget. And over half say they don't even know what they spent. See, so if we were just looking at the numbers and we were just going to say, okay, here's some, here's some practical things. We want to earn more than what goes out. The other thing we say, well, what are you spending? Some of us don't know what we spend. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mark, mock him. So we have, practically speaking, we have earnings, we have spending. And then number three, number three, this is just practical. If, if money was just about the numbers only, if money was just about the numbers only, the third thing would be savings. This is our rainy day fund. Uh, this is what we have set aside should an emergency arise, it's our rainy day fund. And let me just say this, it does rain. <laughs> Can anybody say amen to that? It does rain. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20 says this. It says, there's a desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it all. 50% of Americans have less than one month of their income saved for a rainy day. Nearly half of American households say they don't have any savings at all. So if you and I were sitting around the table, if you were sitting with someone else to plan your financial future or current situation, they would talk to you about your earnings, they would talk to us about spending, and they would talk to us about our savings. Then they lean into what actually becomes, after we get those first three things in line, they then begin to talk to us about some things that get a little bit more fun. And the fourth one is investing. Investing is those, those things where we set our money aside and instead of working for our money, our money begins to work for us. It's, it's those moments where uh, we set a little something aside and there's a longer term goal. And really, it's not the amount that we would set aside that's important. It's the time that it takes to cause it to grow. You know, I looked up... Um, just as a practical example, I looked up just how much Americans spend on average for a brand new car. They spend about $575 a month average on a brand new car. About 434 used, a little bit less if it's leased. And now 
people have gotten so creative to where they're willing to extend those payments out now five to seven years. You spend 4% of that every single month. And really, if we look at it, we would be investing in something that would depreciate. But I did the numbers and I looked up if, if someone invested that same $575 over time for the same amount of time, five years, at the same rate of return, that money would increase by about $3,000 of just extra investment income. And so they would look at investments and they would say, okay, you, we, we've talked about your earnings, we've talked about your spending, we've talked about your savings, we've talked about your investing. And then some, but not all, would talk on number five, which is giving. Giving is that moment where we say our lives should reflect generosity. And the average person in the United States gives about 3 to 5% every single year. And the average Christian, listen to this, gives 25 to 3.8% to bless others. See, these alone would allow us to alter our life. I could do the next few weeks on those five practical things. And we would, we would grow a little bit. We would learn a little bit. But I feel like God wants to do a little bit more because that's the natural. The natural is, let's take a look at what you earn. Let's take a look at what you spend. Let's take a look at what you save, how you invest and how you give. But with God, there is so much more than just the natural. There is the spiritual because when God wants us to break through in an area, he wants us to break through as a fullness of who he is. And so this, this whole series is going to be focused on breaking through in our life, our money, and our hope. They all go together. They all go together. And so what would it look like if we said, well, God, what do you see that brings us freedom that may be beyond the numbers? Because God sees something that is beyond the numbers and God has a view that's beyond the numbers so that as we experience breakthrough, it's what God sees. I don't know if you remember, we were talking about God's dream for our life and we said that we could either have our dream or we can have God's dream for our life and God's dream has unlimited capacity, but our dream is limited. And so we're going to dive in just a little bit deeper because I believe that in God's word, there is so much more than just the numbers. There is how God looks at it. And so we'll do a little comparison here. Go to Haggai. That's right. I said Haggai. Haggai chapter one. Haggai chapter one. This is God being real, real honest. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way when you read this verse, but read this. It says this. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Got that? Give careful thought to your ways, your strategy, your plan of attack, your natural level of thinking, your strategy. It says, you have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You, you put on clothes, but are never warm. Watch this. You earn wages 
only to put them in your purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Everybody look up at me real fast. At the beginning of Haggai, God says, give careful thought to your ways. And then he says, you do this and this is what happens. You do this and you don't see this. You do this and this is what's happening. You have clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages, but you got holes in your pockets. And then he says it again, give careful thought to your ways. And that leads me to believe that anything that we do as it relates to finances has to have a different level of thinking. We said this as we were talking about our mental health. We said, are we excited about the direction that our thoughts take us? We actually said that the enemy attacks us so many times because we are led in a direction of our most strongest thoughts. And here God is saying, he says, literally, he says, listen, consider the current way you think. Consider the strategies that you plan out and the way you involve yourself, but I'm not involved. Consider the way you think. And so I thought, how cool would it be if we considered the way God thought about kingdom finances, if we considered about how God saw you? Because here's what I realize. God's principles will always supersede the natural strategies. Like God's plan of attack, God's thoughts will always supersede any natural strategy that I may have. And so earnings, important, spending, important, saving, important, investing, important, giving, important. Practically speaking, if we just stopped there, we could experience a little freedom. But what does God say about those things? And so let's just do a little comparison in God's verbiage, because the practical side is if we sit around a table, these are the five things that we look at. But let's just invite God to the table and say, God, now you take over the conversation so that we can experience breakthrough in life, money and hope. Break it down to us, God, because your view is definitely going to be beyond the numbers. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 20 says this. It says, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Like the practical things that we might add to our life still needs God's touch so that it can become his wisdom. I looked up in scripture and was studying out the word money is mentioned 140 times in scripture. But then there is also dialogues about the currency of their day, gold and silver and possessions, possession and riches. And come to find out almost 600 times, almost uh, actually, let me see, over 700 times, there is some sort of reference to something practical as it would relate to something that is a possession, a finance, a currency, money. So. God's downloading as it relates to kingdom finances in your life, practically, it's important to God. And so let's just look and see what God says beyond the numbers. 
So if we're talking about earnings being important, and, and we said, God, we invite you to the table, dialogue with us. How would you have us experience breakthrough as it relates to kingdom finances? Here's the first thing that God would say. Well, practically earnings is important, but let's just maybe rephrase it to where it would mean this. Let's, let's look at your calling versus your compensation. Like, let's look at your calling versus your compensation because what you earn won't fulfill you. What I created you to do does. See, what you would earn is not going to fulfill you. It might bring some momentary happiness. It might allow us to accomplish some goals, allow us to rest easy. But man, the call of God is the thing that will excite us. You know, we do Next Steps here. We talk about it every week. Uh, Next Steps is where you discover family and you find your fit. In those three weeks, we talk about the heart of our church. And then crunched in the middle there, we talk about how God made you. We talk about how God designed you. God designed you with a purpose, for a purpose, on purpose, to fulfill his purpose. And then in week number three, we talk about you bringing that together so that you can make an impact not only in the local church, but in the community where God has called you. In the workplace where God has called you. So God sitting around the table, you say, no, earnings practically, naturally is important. But I view it from the standpoint of calling versus compensation. See, God has a unique way of looking at things to where he asked the question in Haggai. He said, you're, you're earning your wages, but you got some holes in your pocket. Consider your ways. And I believe that God would go on and say, hey, listen, let me include mine. See, calling versus compensation. Let's keep going. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Says this, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I might finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying uh, to the gospel of God's grace. Literally, the one speaking here says, I have to complete the task that God gave me. It's the thing that is my greatest pursuit. I get my greatest joy knowing that I'm walking out what God's called me to do. If I, I, if I can say one thing, if you and I get in the place where God has called us and we find joy there and we grab hold of God's calling, breakthrough. So earnings is important. But God, sitting at our table this morning, he would say, I, I view it from calling versus compensation. I wrote this down and you can write this down too. We don't just need money to live on. We need something to live for. You know, one of my greatest passions is being a chance, is having the honor of being your pastor. I live for seeing God fulfill everything in you. It is my greatest joy. Do you know what I, I, I if, if, if I was to compare my, you know, what I was doing to what I'm doing now, I had a career in the NBA, but I realized that my greatest joy and fulfillment has come pastoring City Place Church. Being able to speak life is not in what I do, it's what I, God called me to do. I can't wait. I invite you to take part 
in next steps. First week of October, next week, jump on in. We can't wait to help you discover how God created you. The second one, if we're looking beyond the numbers and we're saying, God, you're sitting at the table. So imagine God's at your dining room table right now. And you talk to God and you're saying, God, okay, my earnings. And he says, calling versus compensation. And then we looked on the list and God said, okay, now I know that spending's number two on the list, but I, I believe God would say, I'm focused more on contentment versus consumerism. I'm focused more on contentment versus consumerism. I looked up and again, over half of all of us in the United States consume more than what we make. I heard a stat one time, spoken a few years back, that said at the time Americans were spending 130% of what they brought in. Did y'all catch that? 130% of what they brought in. That's 36% more than the 100% that we bring in. God would say, spending. We definitely have to look at that, but I view spending from the place of contentment versus consumerism. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Don't always be wishing for what you don't have, for real life and real living are not related to how rich we are. Two years ago, I had an opportunity to go on a missions trip to Cuba. And while we were there, as a church, we helped provide some chairs for one of the local churches and they were they were meeting outdoors the 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 church was outside of the pastor's house it was like in what would be our garage and the pastor was having to nearly he had to build a, a second room on his house because the children's ministry was having to use the rooms and when I say church, I don't mean church how we might think about it right now with nice padded chairs and sound systems. No, they were outside in a brick structure that had holes in it. And man, they were giving God praise. I went to another house church and they didn't have a sound system. All they had with their hands and they were praising God. And all I could think about was, man, Father, I'm so sorry because I take what we do have at City Place Church for granted so often because I don't have the fancy LED screen or maybe I don't have the fancy lights or maybe I don't have this or that. And they're just giving God praise. And all I could think about was, man, they're content. They're content. They're content with what they do have. Philippians chapter four, Paul is writing. He says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Paul says, I've learned the secret. There is a secret to being content. The Bible says this, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, but he has revealed them to us through his spirit. There is a secret to contentment that is not found in our natural, but it's found when we invite God to the table and we say, God, what are you thinking about earnings? God, what are you thinking about spending? And God says, I think about contentment 
overconsumption. See, I wrote this down. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you and I want, but the realization of what we already have. Come on, somebody. Can you just think about that for a moment? I asked myself this, this question as I was preparing. Have I noted lately what I currently have? Have I paused to think about what I currently have? Have you? Does what you currently have bring you joy? Are you content with what you have? Number three, number three. Saving. Saving. Remember we said saving is that sitting something aside for a rainy day. I've got this emergency sitting on the side and I can cover it just in case. Well, God, what do you think when we when we talk about the natural? Because I have these numbers here. Uh, what what do you think, God, if, you know, God's at the table, we might as well ask him. Right. God, well, what do you think? I believe God would say this. Now, listen, I want to make sure that you're not just saving, but that you stay dependent on me. So stay God dependent versus independent. Like, please don't ever discount me as being the one who provides the safety the one who is your security, the one who is your provision. Please don't ever replace me with what is independent. Like, I love the fact that God wants to be included in everything. And so the saving is the practical thing. We do it. Yes, no doubt about it. But in that, God sitting at our table, he would say, hey, listen, let's make sure that we remain God dependent versus independent. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 11 says, the wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it as a wall too high to scale. Like, I've got my stuff on the side. Nothing can happen to me. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8 says, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of the Lord. The author of Proverbs, Solomon, says, listen, give me, remember we talked about content? He says, give me what you have designed for me today. Remember Jesus said, we pray this, give us this day our daily bread. Solomon says the same thing. He says, give me what you have for me this day so that I don't, I don't begin to dishonor you and feel like I don't need you. Or I start chasing after something else as my own. And then I say, oh, my Lord, I've brought dishonor to God. So the savings of our life is good, but God has to remain at the table. Because God says, I want you to stay dependent on me. Please don't ever become dependent. Here we go. I'm going to give you two more. Investing. If we were to compare to vet investing. God, well, what do you think about investing? I'm, I'm going to do that because now my money gets to grow. I believe God would say this. It's all about stewardship versus ownership. It's all about stewardship versus ownership. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 says, don't store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or where thieves break in and steal, but store up in, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy 
where thieves do not break in and steal. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 says, It's the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. See, God has given you and I the opportunity to steward his kingdom finances. We don't own it. In fact, I wrote this down. Think about this. Think about this. Maybe this could become a life principle as we go throughout these few weeks. God owns everything. I am his manager. God owns everything. I am his manager. Come on. Can you say that one more time? God owns everything. I am his manager. Like, God owns everything. I am his manager. Hmm. See, if I bring God to the table and I start listening to God and I consider, like he said, I consider my thoughts. He said that in Haggai, like consider your ways and your thoughts. If I'm looking at my life and I realize that there's some holes in some certain areas of where I'm in charge, well, my wages, I'm bringing it in, but I got holes in my pocket. I'm, I'm getting more clothes, but I'm never warm. I'm never satisfied. And maybe God's not at my table. So I need to bring God at the table when it involves my earnings, because he's going to think differently than just earnings. He's going to think that it's more than just that. In fact, God thinks calling over compensation. He thinks contentment over consumerism. He thinks God-dependent versus independent, and God would say, I see you as a steward of what I've given you. God, you're invited to the table. So God owns everything, and we are his managers. That brings me to the last thought. We talk about giving. I believe sitting around the table, God would go, generosity versus misery or miser one that just kind of keeps to themselves Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says the Lord Jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive I wrote this down just thinking about this practically this week the value of our lives isn't determined by how much we achieve or accumulate, but how much of our life we give away. Remember we talked about calling. Like the value of our life is not determined by how much we accumulate or how much we achieve, but how much of our life we give away. So I, I, I don't know if it's a book title or uh, a, a, a billionaire uh, one time he was quoted as saying, when I die, I want to die broke. Like, I want to I, I have emptied myself of every bit of purpose that was in me. I was looking up all of the, 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 the largest philanthropists in, in, in the world and the amounts that they were giving of themselves was crazy. And the pledges that they made and the legacy that they chose to leave was unbelievable. 
I was thinking about just, wow, Lord, it's not just giving that we just put on the sheet because it's a number. No, God, your whole hope is that as we give, we find joy. And that's where the smile comes. It's that added peace. First Timothy chapter six says, command them to do good in verse 18, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. See, God knows that there is something that's unlocked when we're generous. See, we can't really fulfill our full potential if we go, I got mine! Because there'll still be something missing as it relates to who God really called us to be. See, if it was just the numbers, we'd, we'd be okay. But man, when we invite God to the table and say, God, okay, if I consider my way, I want to experience breakthrough in my life, in my money, and in my hope, what do you have to say about it? And here's what I believe. I believe, just simply put, God's way works. God's way works. If I'm going to consider my way, and if you and I, just like Haggai I said, consider your ways, consider your thoughts, God's way works. I wrote this declaration down and I want to share it with you. Come on. You ready? Listen to this. I will not trust in riches, but I will trust in him who richly provides. I will not trust in riches, but I will trust in him who richly provides. I love the fact that no matter what area of focus of our life, God has already created a spiritual strategy. He has already dealt with it. He has already created a strategy by which we can trust him and we can walk through breakthrough the way he promised. God has never left us without his strategy, his blessing, and his promise. I will not trust in riches, but I will trust in the one who richly provides. You know, over these next few weeks, my prayer is that God will just begin to break through in your life. I mentioned that there's a worksheet and just a continued study this week that you can download and we'll make sure that you get it. We'll put it in the link. But it dives even further into where you may be and the things that you may be facing. And then it has a prayer focus and a next step and just some things so that as we go through this practically, like if this is the year that God does it, I want God to do it in every area of our life. I will trust in the one who richly provides.
The way that begins and the way that happens is through us having a relationship with Jesus. It all starts there. You know, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a moment, and I want you to just pray it after me. The Bible says that God loved you so very much that he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. That whosoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. It's John 3, 16. The Bible says also that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, that he comes and lives on the inside of you. The only way we can trust in him is if we walk in a relationship with him. And so you're watching today, you've been hanging out and we're talking about just the full life that God's called us to be and called us to live in. And you say, Damon, I want to walk with Jesus today. Well, today I want you to pray this prayer with me. You ready? Come on. You just right where you are, right in your own home. Say, dear Jesus, today I come to you in need of you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Be Lord of my life. Change me completely. I thank you for dying on the cross and raising from the dead for me. And I choose you today as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? And can you make some noise for those that said yes to following Jesus? Here's just a couple of quick next steps for you if you said yes to Jesus. Our team is putting up some information of a virtual connect card. Fill that out. Let us know you chose to follow Jesus today. Or if you're comfortable, you can also text 94000 and just text the word City Place to that number and our team will come around. We've got some next steps that we have for you, including inviting you into our Next Steps class, which happens the 5th of October, as well as getting plugged into a small group. We've got a resource that we'll send you via email or via text so that you can take your next step. But well done. It is literally the most important decision you will ever make. Amen? Now listen, listen. Make sure that you get that worksheet. Make sure that you download it and you do the study this week. We're putting, putting in time so that the fullness of who God is. I, I honestly know, and we've been praying and we've got people praying for this series, this breakthrough series, because we know that God has promised us that we're going to walk in, in, in a new found relationship with him in life and health and our mental health and also in our kingdom finances. And so uh, lean in 100 plus percent. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Well, the last thing we're going to do, we're going to worship the Lord with our kingdom finances today. We believe that God has called our church to live, to give. I say it every single week. And uh, at the intro, I mentioned that uh, I was at Bridge Church last week with Pastor Demetric. You can check this out. Pastor Demetric and Tish Phillips, um, because of your faithful generosity to the kingdom of God and putting God first in your tithe and your offering. Our church has literally sold into them uh, personally, but also sold into their church. Uh, we were able to give them and allow usage of some of our equipment uh, so that they can launch their church. And so um, this is why we exist. We don't just build the dreams of people inside of our church. We build the dreams of people in Winter Haven, Florida and support pastors and uh, other people in our community. And so I say thank you. And so uh, that's just a win. I'm going to pray and then let's get ready to experience God throughout this week. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are. 
We thank you that you are holy. God, thank you for the lives that were changed. Thank you for people meeting you today. We honor you and we glorify you. Receive our worship and our tithe and our offering. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Place. We love you. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can share with your friends. Take a screenshot, post on your social media stories, and tag us at City Place Church.